0: My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. If you're listening to this podcast during the Christmas season, then I pray that you are enjoying the Christmas story as told in scripture in new, fresh, exciting ways. But due to the nature of podcasts, I know that you might have stumbled upon this episode in July, but as we all know, God's gift to humanity has no season. So enjoy Christmas in July and take time to remember all that God did on that glorious night. In fact, I'm going to use Sidewalk Prophet's song, What a Glorious Night, to take us back to Luke chapter 2 as we continue to explore the Christmas story. Now there's a bunch of Bible interaction tools that I have taught you on a variety of previous episodes that you can use as you read, study, and meditate on familiar sections of scripture like the Christmas story, and so I wanna review some of those with you right now. First of all, don't forget that the characters in this story are real. This is not a fictitious story. It really happened. It includes real people with real feelings and hopes and dreams, breath in their lungs and a sense of sight and sound. I actually unpacked this idea last year during Christmas in episode 41 using Nicole Nordeman's song entitled, Real. And then another Bible interaction tool, I find it especially helpful to slow down and meditate when I'm reading familiar passages. We talked about that last week. Sometimes I break it apart sentence by sentence. Other times I might even look word at, look at it word by word. The key to meditation is to take your time. And it might look like pondering or considering or even singing the section of scripture that you're studying. Take your time. There's no award for reading fast when you're meditating. It's not about covering more ground in the number of words you're reading, it's definitely quality over quantity. Now, another Bible interaction tool that I highly recommend is reading familiar passages in a variety of translations. It's really easy to do this, and you can get access to a variety of translations for free by using some Bible apps. Uh, My favorite is Uversion. It's available on the iPhone or for Android devices, or at a desktop, you can access it that way as well, uversion.com. I also like Bible Gateway. I use their desktop version, BibleGateway.com, a lot when I'm studying and preparing for this podcast, but I also like to use their app. Bible Gateway has a version called The Voice that I've talked about before that version doesn't have, so I have both of those apps on my um, iPhone and iPad, or BibleHub.com is another place that you can find a variety of versions, so again, read the passage in the version that you normally read it, and then try another one, especially the Christmas story. Go back to that normal version, whether it might be the NIV or even the King James Version that you might be really familiar with then pull out a different version and read it in that. Try four, five, six versions. There's all kinds of different ways that you can read it. Again, those are free. Um, So if I'm normally read it in a word-for-word translation, like an English Standard Version, then maybe I'll pick up the New Living Translation, which is a thought-for-thought translation, and try it in that. But again, either way, you don't have to own five different versions to explore five different versions. You don't have to have five Bibles on your bookshelf. All you have to have is a desktop or an app. And you can use that Bible interaction tool. And then something may jump out at you that that never has before because you're reading it in a version that you never have read in it before. And then one more. Uh, Read and study together. Now, this can be friend to friend over coffee. Boy, that sounds nice. I love friend to friend over coffee or spouse over coffee. Of course, you know, you hear me, <laughs> anything over coffee is great. In a small group, even a Facebook group, I've I've been in Facebook groups and where we're all reading the same thing. We could be spread all over the country and interact and um, help each other as we're reading. This week, I was inspired by my bestie and her son reading together and discussing. So that parent-child um, sharing is also wonderful. So let's jump in and see where our song takes us this week in Scripture. The shepherds came to see the baby, stood by his mother's side. Here lay the Savior inside a manger. Oh, what a glorious night. Oh, what a glorious night. Well, if we're talking about the shepherds, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. So let's start by reading in verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Now, the beginning of, if you download the whole song, which I encourage you to do if you listen to it on the YouTube uh, link that I provide in my show notes, you'll hear that the Peanuts character, Linus, is reading this section of scripture, I think out of the King James Version, um, if you've ever watched the Peanuts movie, and it's so it it just warms my heart to hear that familiar voice, um, reading this familiar scripture, and it's, it's wonderful. So again, I encourage you to, to listen to the whole song or the whole version of the song. But if you're ever jumping into a section of scripture like this, there should be some obvious questions that you should be asking yourself. For example, when the scripture says, that night, you should ask, what night? You know, just by reading the verses in context, just by reading a few verses above or the chapters above, you discover that it was the glorious night when Jesus was born. And then the shepherds were in a field nearby. Nearby where? Again, in context, Bethlehem, where Jesus was born. Now, I know this is a familiar story, but you should still train your mind to ask and answer these types of questions as you're reading and as you're studying every section of scripture, whether it's familiar to you or not. All right, so you got me. There's another Bible interaction tool that I just mentioned, and I hadn't mentioned it in my list earlier, but it's my favorite one, actually, and it is to read in context. So read the verses around where you're reading, get a good grip of what's going on, and you um, It will help make it, again, exciting, and it'll help you answer some of these questions that you should be asking or training yourself to ask as you're reading scripture. So my bestie, Liz, and her elementary age son began to discuss this scene this week, and she shared it with me, and I just love it. Specifically, they, they talked about the shepherds and their senses. So when you're a shepherd guarding your flock at night, I wonder, I would imagine it's pretty quiet just listen what do you hear well all, all I hear is the rustling of a few sheep still still settling down maybe grunts or groans I'm not sure if sheep grunt if sheep grunt and groan while they're sleeping but you can imagine maybe the crackling of a fire or the soft conversation between shepherds or the stirring of a few night creatures so that's what I hear what about smell, familiar smells that might be in the air. Sheep, you know, which for a city person might not bring comfort. But I grew up on a farm and I love those farm smells and that that those memories that come back together. Just that sense of of this is their these are their familiar smells. Maybe the smell of an evening meal cooking on the fire. Maybe what are they feeling? What are what is their what are their hands touching? Maybe they're warming their hands at a fire. Or holding a mug with both hands as they savor their favorite hot beverage, which mine is coffee, as I've mentioned before. But uh, maybe they're running their hands along their staff. You know, I read somewhere that they would engrave their stories, their journey, their life journey on their staff. And so maybe they were rubbing, running their fingers across the images on their staff, reminding them of their life story. What are they tasting? They're tasting their food, thankful for another meal, thanking God for the provision, even in the the tough political times that they were living at the time. What were they seeing? Always, always a watchful eye over the flock, guarding them from predator or thief, or just their own silly habit of wandering off, these sheep. And so taking moments to gaze up at the vast sky above them, wondering about the stars. And as my friend was telling me about their conversation, I thought to myself, we naturally have these types of exploratory conversations with our children. I mean, it's a good reason to go ahead and use today's podcast to do just that. If you have children in your life, I encourage you to do that. Have these kinds of conversations. Talk about the five senses and what the shepherds might have been experiencing. But why don't we have these kind of conversations internally? Why do I jump straight to and this I'm asking this of myself why do I jump to a word study or or what does that mean in the greek or the what well, then what happened next or you know even what was the context or you know even the things I've already trained you to do asking and answering questions in your mind why don't I why am I not why do I jump to that so quickly instead of trying to access that kind of creative part of my mind like we do with our kids. So I was really thankful for my friend's example of just slowing down and considering the senses of the shepherds. And I think it's even more meaningful because of what happens to them. And the and and what happens next is something that overwhelms their senses when the angels appear, right? Um, Scripture says, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. The the shepherds' senses were assaulted at this point. You know, like someone coming into your dark, cool room while you're sound asleep and then flipping on the lights and throwing open the shades and cranking the music. That's what happened to the shepherds, no wonder that the King James version King James version says that the that the um, shepherds were sore afraid. It was almost painful this assault on their senses, and then this angel delivers his good news that the Savior has come, and if they wanted to, they could prove it with the sign that he gave them. But that was not all. I mean, just as soon as they might have gotten adjusted to the fact that there's an angel talking to them, then BAM! Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Just take a minute to ponder what that was like. It was all so sudden. They could hardly process what was happening. I'm not going to give you all the answers here. I want you to take some time. Chat about this with someone else. I challenge you. Now consider again this statement. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. So at this point, I couldn't help but ask <laughs> what does the radiance of the Lord's glory look like? You know, other versions say the glory of the Lord shone round about them. So I went digging around in scripture to find other places that talked about the radiance of God's glory. And I found in Hebrews 1, 3, Jesus himself is described this way. He is the radiance of God's glory and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. (laughs) Wow. I mean, you could have a whole podcast just on that. Now, obviously, Jesus himself did not surround them because he was at the moment a baby in a manger but I'm beginning to get the idea right it's just kind of a this um idea that maybe we can't get our mind wrapped around so with a little digging I found a great devotional online The the content of the article was created by A.W. Tozer, and and he's a prolific author with the profound ability to write things in 1930s as if they were written today, applicable today. I'll go ahead and link to that resource in the show notes. You can find the show notes every week, by the way, at michellekneesat.com forward slash Whatever episode. So this week, com forward slash 95. I link to all of the resources that I use to prepare a a podcast. Uh, Any scripture references. Links to the song, both on YouTube. So you can watch videos or lyric videos. um, And on Amazon if you want to purchase it and download it. Lyrics. I also include the weekly challenge. Everything's in the show notes is what I'm saying. So I would encourage you to access that on a weekly basis. michellekneezat.com forward slash 95 forward slash 95 is this week. So back to this devotional that A.W. Tozer wrote, he comments, something has happened to the word glory, especially as it relates to the description of deity. Glory is one of those beautiful, awesome words that has been dragged down until they've lost much of their meaning. The old artists may have had something to do with it, depicting the glory of Jesus Christ as a luminous halo, a shining neon hoop around his head. But the glory of Jesus Christ was never a luminous ring around the head. It was never a misty light. And then the thought that Tozer goes on to share is glory revelation is given to us in finite measure, meaning it's just so hard to comprehend. But God's glory includes his attributes, the essence of his being, and much more. Christ reveals God's glory attuned to our level of perception. And then Nancy Guthrie, she writes in her daily devotional for Advent. It's called Let Every Heart Prepare Him Room. She says that the radiance of the glory of God is the beauty and brightness of God made visible. It was as if God pulled back the wrapping of the heavens so that God's glory spilled out and around those simple shepherds. What they saw as a glory that has always been there but is usually hidden from human view. I love that. So, again, talk about an assault on the senses and then the singing and the praising. This is not just an ensemble, this is a multitude of the heavenly hosts. Every angel in heaven wanted an invite to this event. You know what I'm saying? And then this glorious night was not just when heaven touched earth, but when heaven itself came down to earth. I hear the angels sing. Then what? Well, verse 15 says, When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. The shepherds' response here resonates with me like none other. In essence, they were saying, That message we just heard was amazing in fact it very well might change the way i think you know and because these guys were probably were blue collar guys but they grew up hebrew boys They were very familiar with the scripture. The culture of the day was that you would be very familiar with scripture. And then depending on your ability to grasp it, you would take kind of the priest route or the blue collar route. Okay. So they knew about the promises of the Messiah. They weren't priests. They weren't explaining and unpacking. And maybe they didn't know the nuances, but they knew about the promises of the Messiah. They're not like, who? You know, so what? And what if they were praying that night? What if that night they were praying that God would come that night to rescue Israel from the oppression that they were experiencing under Roman rule? So they didn't just say to themselves, Wow, that was a good word. We're going to remember this for a while. No, they went to confirm for themselves what the messenger, the angel, what he said. Please don't miss this. Perhaps your pastor doesn't have a choir behind him or shines with heavenly light. Perhaps the book you're reading by that faithful Christian author doesn't glow on the shelf. Perhaps that podcaster you listen to, whether it's me, myself included, or whoever else you're listening to, doesn't have a heavenly host soundtrack playing behind us. But God is sending his message to you through his modern day messengers, 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, We are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, Come back to God. And although the shepherds' senses were assaulted with the glorious radiance of God's glory, they also received a word from a messenger from God. They didn't just receive it. They ran immediately to confirm it. I want you to hear what I'm saying now. All that I have offered up to God and to you on these 95 episodes of this podcast thus far can be summed up in this. Take the messages that God is providing to you and go and see for yourself these things God is telling you. Read the Bible for yourself. This does not negate the messenger. This does not negate the message. This makes it a personal experience. You need both and, okay, that you can go and tell others about. Because just like the shepherds, when you go and see, and it's just like the messenger said. Scripture tells us in verse 20, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So when you pick up your Bible after a Sunday morning sermon and read it for yourself and confirm what you'd been told for yourself, you can glorify and praise God too, just like the shepherds. And then it becomes part of your story. All right. So we sort of skipped over the last part of how the shepherds responded. We Let's jump back up to verse 17 and 18. It says, when they had seen him, when they'd seen Jesus, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. They spread the word. My friend's young son concluded, mom, they're like the first evangelist. Love that. In fact, I thought I would spend the entire podcast talking about that and unpacking that. God took me a different place this week. But just as a quick summary, I found this great article identifying seven characteristics of highly evangelistic Christians by Tom Rayner. And through research, he developed this list. Tom says that there's this clear pattern in people who share the good news, and it includes things like this. They are people of prayer. They have a theology that compels them to evangelize. They are people who spend time in the word. They're compassionate. They love the communities where God has placed them. They are intentional about their evangelistic efforts. And they're accountable to someone for their evangelistic activities. And I love research and the patterns that emerge from it. But as I read the article, and I'm going to go ahead and link to that article as well, I sort of chuckled and grinned because I thought, these shepherds didn't overthink it. Okay? They, they were working. They were providing for their families, guarding their sheep like they were supposed to. God came and interrupted their world in a big, dramatic way. He gave them a message, albeit it was a pretty profound theological one, by the way, which they confirmed on their own, and then they told other people about it, period. They didn't give excuses. They didn't have to be able to theologically explain what the radiance of God's glory was. They didn't even attempt to explain the theological ramifications of the Messiah being born in Bethlehem as a baby. They didn't have a three-point sermon. They didn't have a five-finger gospel presentation or any formal training. Am I talking to anyone right now? God gave them a message. They confirmed it for themselves, and they told other people about it period. Consider who they told. My friend and her son discussed this. I loved it. They said, who did they sell their sheep to? Everyone, there was probably, you know, they were probably one of the more in the know kinds of people because they had access to so many people. They sold their sheep for food and for sacrifices in the temple. And they knew all kinds of people. They probably knew all socioeconomic levels of people. And what did scripture say? They spread the word. They told everyone. They made known the message. They proclaimed abroad. They reported, repeated, related The seed they had received, they sowed into the lives of everyone they knew. And as it so happened, they probably knew a lot of people. So what's next? We'll read Luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 20 this week. Don't forget that the shepherds were real people living in a real place during a real epic event that impacts you and me for eternity. Consider what they may have experienced as you ponder their five senses. Slow down. Meditate on what you're reading. Read in a variety of translations. Read the story in context of all that came before. But most of all this week, if you use no other Bible interaction tool, read it and discuss it with a friend. And while you're in God's Word this week, let me know how you're doing. You can email me directly, michelle at michellekneesat.com. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to shout out to Nilda from New York, Kate from somewhere in the U.S., Alice from the Philippines, and Cherie from Ohio. They are my newest subscribers to my website. And the benefit of subscribing is that I'll email you once a week and in that email, you'll get a weekly Memoryverse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop. You can even print it out and put it wherever it's convenient for you. You'll get instant access to any extra resources that I create from time to time. And um, you get a recap of the, of the episode and a link to the show notes. So it's right there for you. It's just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. And then don't miss an episode of my podcast. You can subscribe directly in iTunes or Stitcher Radio. It'll come straight into your phone every week. And while you're there, if you would leave me a written review and a star rating, this encourages me, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use Noel by Lauren Daigle to jump into scripture. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellenizat.com forward slash 95. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word, and consider his ways.